Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Up against the wall. Can't explain it what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Ren of Troy Radio. It is the car cast after USC's Cotton Bowl. V- Hold on. Under it, a loss. Wait, oh, SC, SC lost the Cotton Bowl. Alicia, is, is that right? That's what the score tells me. Yeah, forty-six, forty-five. SC loses the Cotton Bowl uh, to the Tulane Green Wave in a um, I don't know how, how do you call it a, an epic collapse, embarrassing collapse. Stunning collapse. I, I don't know. Stunning is the word. Um, fully team effort of a collapse. Uh, an ep- uh, involved the special teams offense and defense collaborating on the, the collapse. Uh, SC loses at the end. Uh, in a game in which Caleb Williams, uh, a month after pulling his hamstring, throws for 462 yards, five touchdowns. Um, Brendan Rice has a career day. The uh, you know the fourth most receiving yards in USC bowl game history. The Trojans score forty five points, five hundred ninety four yards of offense. They average seven point one yards per play, despite missing two uh, All Americans on the offensive line. And they lose forty six forty five on the second to last play of the game. A touchdown pass from uh, Michael Pratt uh, to tight end Alex Bowen. And uh, that was all she wrote. Uh, we are here to discuss it. Uh, take your 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 comments here uh, live on YouTube and so much more. As always, you can follow uh, the show over on Twitter at, at uh, Twitter and Facebook at at Rain of Troy. Uh, you can email us at Rain of Troy at fanside.com. That's our phone number. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. Uh, I'm your host, Marcus Theo, along with my co-host here in the Randatory Studio in Los Angeles, Alicia Dertol. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, you put it on Twitter. Um, actually, you told me and then put it on Twitter. I nearly stole your tweet for a second. Uh, the most embarrassing USC collapse since the jail Mary. Right? Yeah. Um, Is that fair? Yeah. Um, I... Since the jail Mary, maybe going back further, if you can think of another embarrassing well, collapse, I mean, the jail Mary is the one the, that I think of. The jail Mary, very similar, a uh, game, and also in you which just, you a, had the an, game, an SC player tried to fair catch and, and couldn't catch on to the ball. Well, yeah, that that certainly is there. Yeah. Um, I. The. It's weird because we went into this game thinking like technically it doesn't matter. But it kind of does because I wanted to see USC finish the season strong. It felt, yeah. for the most part, like they were going to finish the season strong. Um, we got to see Caleb Williams be incredible. We got to see Brendan Rice 
prove that mm-hmm. he, he does have a role in this offense going forward. Absolutely. When he yeah. plays like that, we saw Relique Brown have an increased role in this offense and look like uh, the kind of do the kind of things that we'll look forward to see him doing even more of in the future. There was a lot to be excited about here. Um, except that we also saw the same old, same old that we saw all season that the offense was able to overcome in several games against UCLA and Notre Dame and Arizona and, and all the rest. Mm-hmm. And in games that USC's uh, offense was not able to overcome, like the first Utah game and the second Utah game, which the second Utah yeah. game, honestly, I sort of shrugged about it. The moment Caleb Williams pulled his hamstring, everything about that game felt like it was in an alternate universe. I, I don't know what that game looks like in a universe where Caleb Williams doesn't pull his hamstring because for a long time in that game, the defense was holding up. The defense was doing just fine. They collapsed late. I think I, realistically, and so it I just, probably looks a lot like the first one. Yeah, it's just but, a matter of does SC but, end up with the ball at the end? Yeah, like but but game. but that's all that that to, that that was sort of put to the side. It was that was yeah. a weird. We don't know what that game meant. We did not know what that sure. game meant, yeah. and I didn't expect to have the kind of clarity coming out of this game about that game because. Alex Grinch and this staff had a month to prepare for Tulane. They had their linebackers healthy. They had their secondary healthy. Yeah. They had their defensive line healthy. They had Tulu Tupelotu opt in to play in the bowl game. They had Makai Blackman opt in to play in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. They were, this was literally the strongest that USC was going to be on defense was going to be in this game since the start of October, we assume, right? And yet, they were worse than they were in October. They were embarrassing. Well, it was. It, we look we look really silly. I think for you know the talking at, in October and and parts of November about whether or not the the defensive, the defensive struggles was, was tied to Eric Gentry being out. Yeah, um, well, because through the first six games, we I mean we've talked about this a million times. Through the first six games, SC wasn't terrible defensively no they weren't and, and that was that corresponded to eric gentry's health then they but took a, a major turn for the worse which you know but this is why this is why i have clarity about how i feel coming out of this game yes right because when usc struggled on defense at the end of the season i was able to look at it from a logical perspective and say okay what happened between the first half of the season and the second half. Well, personnel changed. So maybe that's all it was. Maybe it's just the personnel deficiencies um, were the the situation. Instead, this game proves that no, it was the defensive staff scheme and every and personnel all coming together to be crap. Right. Because in this game, Tulane has two punts in the first half. Uh, the second of those punts was a literally self-inflicted gunshot wound from them. They dropped two passes that would have given them first downs uh, and gave USC that stop. So in actuality, USC has two stops in this game. One is the first, the opening drive, which is a reasonable stop. And then they get the fumble, which, by the way, was just sort of one of those fluky fumbles. Like, it didn't look like there was anything in particular about that. It was USC being opportunistic, yes. But, like, every other drive in this game is a score for Tulane. And it's... It comes down to 
being found out by an opposing offense. Mm-hmm. Because the USC offense that was fielded in September, the USC defense that was fielded in September was capable of getting stops aside from the turnovers that they got. They were getting stops on top of the turnovers that they got. Right. Well, well, that's why I, I think it's easy to look at it and say, well, it, at the time it was easy for us to look at it and say, well, maybe it's Eric Gentry being out um, because the, the timeline corresponds. And I think it's easy from the outsider perspective to say, well, it was the turnover luck because that timeline vaguely corresponds, but like both of those are just not the case because when, when you look at it, like SC's best, you know, defensive game of the year was the game that they forced no turnovers against Washington state. Right. Yeah. So like, it wasn't just the, the, the turnovers. That I know wasn't Washington it alone. No. Yeah, and, and I know Washington state was like the eighth best off offense. The SC is going to play all season or whatever. But the point is, is that Washington state's offensive talent like if you struggle probably not too dissimilar from Tulane if you struggle with UCLA or Utah or even Arizona if you struggle with their offenses I sort of look at it and go well those are good offenses they know what they're doing like they're very 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 good right um Tulane is not a bad offense but they're not an elite offense what we said going in was that this is an offense that can put up 35 points they know what they're about they're going to run the ball Spears is going to be their their main man and I think that's what's frustrating about this game. We said that we've said many, many times that if you, if, if you as a defensive coordinator go in and say, we're just going to stop the one thing that you want to do and force you to beat us elsewhere. Well, USC couldn't even, st- we all knew Tulane was going to run the ball with Taji Spears. He yeah. has 17 carries for 205 yards and a touch and four touchdowns. So USC knew the danger man. They knew what they were going to try to do with him and they couldn't stop him. And they knew what they were going to get from Michael Pratt, and they let him burn burn them in ways that had nothing to do with his arm until until the end. They knew everything that they needed to expect going in. And I have been beating the drum of USC doesn't have the personnel on defense to be an elite defense. Well, USC didn't need an elite defense to win 12 or 13 games this year, it turned out. USC needed a top 40 defense, which is not unreasonable to expect even if you look at the talent level that usc has on defense the deficiencies the struggles that they have all of that kind of stuff they didn't have the personnel on defense to be a really good defense they didn't need to be a really good defense they just needed to be the kind of defense that doesn't give up 46 points yeah well three losses this year all 40 point uh 40 point games for the for the opponent opposing team and twice to utah a very good offense with a very good quarterback and really good running back and really good tight end and all of those. And like I tweeted out um, something about the, the personnel and saying that like at a certain point you need to do less with more. The reason Alex Grinch has the jobs that he has, that he, that he has had and currently has is because of what he did at Washington state, which was literally a less with more scenario. Washington state's defensive talent that was available to him at that time was not up to par with the elite defenses out there, but they still had a very, very good defense. So what you needed from Lincoln, uh, from, from Alex Grinch this season, particularly in this game, when you weren't facing the best of the best sort of offense in the pac 12 or whatever, mm-hmm. um, what you needed from him was to do less with more. And instead they did worse with more, with, with, with what they had. I, I, he just got out coached. He just got out coached. His players got outplayed. 
they 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 spent all the whole month talking about how they were going to respond to the criticism they had in the Rose Bowl. Sorry, in the in the in the Pac-12 title game, they were going to respond because everyone was writing them off. They were yapping on Twitter about how Alex Grinch is is a great defensive coordinator, all of that kind of stuff. You have to walk the walk at a certain point. And like at a certain point, you have to ask, why is why are players being played at the, for the first three quarters of this game until they finally, in the final quarter of the final game of the season, say, screw it, we're going to put Rajon Davis in. And what does he do? He goes out there and makes some plays. And maybe he missed some plays too, but everyone else who was out there at linebacker all damn season was missing plays left and right and weren't making plays to make up for it. So, like, why did it take that long for that change to get made? Why do they have zero answer for whatever Tulane threw out throughout there it's it it was just a complete and utter failure and I'm angry about it because Caleb Williams is a generational player he's an he's a, a Heisman winner who plays at a level that I cannot even fathom I keep saying it in a, in other arenas but like I watch a lot of the NFL because of my day job now like I watch the whole NFL slate because I'm covering it now. And I didn't do that in the past necessarily. I would tune in when I when I would. But now I watch every second of it. And Caleb Williams is the closest thing that anyone has ever come to being Patrick Mahomes. And he's doing it as a sophomore in college. That is the level of quarterback that USC has available to them. They will not have this level of quarterback available to them probably ever again. Malachi Nelson may be great, but the chances that he's this great are low. Not not a, 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 a mark against him. It's just like generational quarterback, generational playing from, from Caleb Williams. And he puts in a generational performance on 80% of a hamstring where he can't even run the way he, the, the way he normally would. And they lose this game. Like a game that he didn't have to play in, that he could have easily opted out of, that he had a built-in excuse to not play in because he was on that hamstring. Caleb Williams cho- does bucks the trend and chooses to play in a game he doesn't need to play in. And this is the performance that USC gives him. It it it, it makes me angry because it's a it's a complete and utter waste of of a generational talent. And my worry is that I come out of this game thinking if USC USC has a window, a one-year window left with Caleb Williams to win a national title to do something in the college football playoff. They have a one-year window with him, with this generational talent. And if Alex Grinch is the defensive coordinator next year, I won't bet on that based on what we've seen through the progression of this season. Before we got on, we were sort of talking as we were getting our stuff ready. And it's like all off-season we talk about every single year. It's not about wins and losses. It's about the eye test. And particularly the eye test from start to finish. From a coaching perspective, you're looking to see, did the players feel like they were being coached up? Did they feel like they understood the system better? Did they feel like they were being put in position to succeed? If they made a mistake in the first half of the season, did it get corrected so that it didn't happen again? All of those things that tell me that there is a good coaching job being done. We've seen the opposite from that, from the defense. So at a certain point, it falls at the feet of the defensive coordinator. And I am sympathetic to to the to the talent level that's available i am sympathetic to the need for reinforcements but at a certain point if you want to win a national title if you want to 
make a big boy decision and win a national title, this can't stand. You you cannot react to this with a, well, we'll get better next year. Because if you get better next year, it's going to be by a by a small margin that's not going to be good enough to put you up in the upper echelon with Alabama and Ohio State and Georgia and TCU now. Certainly not next year in the Pac-12 with Bo Nix returning, with Michael Penix returning, and you having to play both of those quarterbacks. Yeah, I... I, I'm with you every step of the way. Um, I I just want to flip this around one moment here. With the exception of SC losing the game, was this not the best outcome possible? Well, it, it, like, like be, so going into this, we had talked about it that, you know, we didn't know how good Caleb Wilson, Wilson, geez, what am I doing? Williams, how, how good Caleb Williams was going to look in this game coming off of the the, the hamstring injury. Um, we didn't know what the offensive line was going to look like without two All-Americans. Um, the offensive line was atrocious against Utah, especially, um, you know, you add on Brett Nealon going down in that game as well, in addition to Andrew Voorhees didn't play against Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. So those things were bad. Um, SC could not run the ball against Utah at all, considering they ran all over them in the first game um, on a per-play basis and all those things. They could not do that in the second game. Could not run the ball, which compounded things when Caleb Williams was hurt. Well, you look at this game. Going into it, my expectations for the offense at an all-time low. We, they come in there and they move the ball for 594 yards. Offensive line was great. They gained 7.1 yards per care. I mean, for per play, um, that sort of died down in the fourth quarter when they when they tried to slow things down a bit with a lead. Um, but Caleb Williams, yeah, he wasn't at 100. percent He wasn't making those runs that he was making in in November. But he looked incredible for how he for how limited he was. He's making all the throws that you, you needed to see from him. He made one really bad decision on the interception, but whatever, he makes up he more than makes up for it every everywhere else, right? Um, you saw Brendan Rice, a, a wide receiver who has been maligned all season for several reasons about like, you know, uh key drops, um, maybe not using his body as, as much as people would, would like and, and whatnot. He looks every bit the physical talent that you wanted from him, using his body in space to 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 win jump balls, um, making crazy catches and 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 uh, going on the run. All of those things you put it all together, um, and it works. The offensive line, like you said, like didn't look like they were down to to all Americans. They were able to run the football in this game. Uh, Relique Brown averaged 10.2 yards per carry. Um, Austin Jones didn't have that success. He, you know, he averaged three yards a pop. It was like a sunny bird running game uh, with him. But like the point is they answered the bell on offense, which to me, this game was all about setting up next year. And what is it going to look like next year when Caleb Williams has to come back, have all the pressure of a of winning the Heisman and can he do it again and all that stuff and now has to do it without those guys on the offensive line like Andrew Voorhees who's just been incredible for SC the last couple of years SC showed that they can they can play without them 
SC showed that they have a receiving core that without Jordan Addison didn't skip a single beat. And now they're going to add Dorian Singer and uh, Makai Lemon and all those guys for next year. So you have to feel really good about that too. It was the defense that let them down again and the defense that let them down in, in an epic, in epic proportions at the end, especially. And doesn't that force the, like the, them to, you know, make more changes than maybe they would have. Cause I think that in the, in the perfect best game, best scenario, SC has this same offensive performance, but say the defense completely answers the bell repeats the Washington state game in terms of how, uh, you know, stout that they were, and they win this game, let's say 45-17, right? Um, and you feel so good about both sides of the ball. Couldn't you, if you're the coaching staff, convince yourself that the defense has turned it around? Yes, yeah. No, and you're right. There's no turning around. Like, there's no convincing yourself that now. And now you get all – you get the – obviously you wanted to win this game. But now you get the embarrassment side of all of the – um, the people upset about the game, you know, everyone in the, in the YouTube comments right now, upset about this game. Um, you're going to get, uh, you know, pressure from, you know, boosters and all that stuff everywhere that Lincoln Riley goes to have uh, a meet and greet with, with boosters and, and alumni groups and all that stuff. People are going to be talking to him about the defense. People are going to talk about the defense. Every media interview is going to be about the defense, everything there's going to be pressure on him to make a change of some sort, whether that's replacing Grinch, whether that's, um, you know, reading Grinch, the riot act. I don't know. And maybe it's, it's, it's something else. I don't, I don't know what it is, but like this to me, this game proved that a SC can, can perform at a high level on offense, even with an injured quarterback, which I think was huge. And that B yeah, changes absolutely needed at, 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 at de- on defense. And um, as, as much as I don't think that firing someone after year one is the greatest, I think that when you have a performance like this, and given that the three losses were all uh, on the back of defensive breakdowns, I, I don't see why you, you, you can't at this point, especially given the magnitude of how this ended so terribly. Uh, mind you, certainly part of it had to do with special teams setting up the safety at the end, but you know, that that's how, that's how the game of football works. Well, and that's, and that's my thing is like a lot of people are talking about how USC needs a special teams coach. Special teams certainly didn't help in this game at all. Special teams contributed, but the, in the same way that the offense contributed in the end to the loss because of the safety that they gave up, like, but that stuff happens. You shouldn't need, when you have a quarterback who throws five touchdowns, 400 yards and, performs the way that Caleb Williams did in this game you shouldn't need the game to come uh, to come down to a safety like to to come down to a, a boneheaded special teams play and a safety and like that's what it ultimately felt like it came down to but when push came to shove like it was the defense it was the defense over and over and over and over again And it was the defense in a weird sense, too, because the one time they decided to extend a drive and have to force Tulane to take some time off the clock was at the end when you were denying Caleb Williams seconds. Because it would have been better if they had just let Tajay Spears walk into the end zone uh, on the first play of that drive and then let Caleb Williams deliver a drive going back the other way. 
The problem is that the defense hasn't been able to hold when they need them to hold. They've given up 40, 40 points in the biggest games of the year and don't give special teams or the offense any leeway to deal with the random crap that happens. Caleb Williams throws a bad interception in this game. If he doesn't throw that interception, does USC lose? Maybe not because the extra touchdown could have helped. But that's not the difference in the game because your quarterback should be able to throw an interception and just have it happen, have it happen and your team make up for it. Mm-hmm. But the defense has not made up for it on any of in in these games, certainly not enough to be on the same field as as a Caleb Williams playing the way that he does or Brendan Rice playing the way that he was today or anything like that. Yeah. Like it's um it, it's just it's untenable. It's untenable. You cannot have this good of an of an offense and that bad of a defense. And and it's not even like like I was saying before, like they could have given up 35 points in this game and it would have been fine. Tulane averages 35 points a game this year. Like that that's their that's their scoring average, 35 points a game. If you mm-hmm. had given me that before the game, I would have taken it. Because you win the game. Giving up 46. Well, yeah, like um, so. There's there's a tweet going around from from Tony Burnett, former uh, USC defensive back, that says we had a, a national championship offense and a Popeyes Bahamas Bowl defense. Yeah, and um, the 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 funny part to me is I look back at the Pete Carroll era and how I always bemoaned the 2005 team when people said that that was like the greatest team ever because of the defense, like the, anyone who watched the P Carroll era could tell you that the 2005 defense was probably Pete Carroll's second worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2009 was probably worse. Yeah. Uh, his second worst. Um, but yet the irony of SC would kill to have that 2005 defense. You look up those numbers and you talked about it before, like, all SC needs to, to do to be a playoff team is have a top 40 defense. Yeah, top 40 is just competent. Um, th- that Pete Carroll defense in 2005 was like a top 25 defense, and they were yeah. bad. Like, we, we, we consider them bad. Yeah, well, right? it's like it's like Alabama fans wanting Pete Golding fired because they gave up 20 points a year. <laughs> like, 20 yeah. point, the average 20 points. Like, you would take, but why is why do Alabama fans want Pete Golding fired? Yeah. They want him fired because he gave up in the two losses that they had. They gave up 30 and 40 some odd points in the losses. That so, was the issue. To, to, I'm I'm less concerned about the losses in the sense of, you know, if you're going if you're going to be a good team and you're going to be you're going to lose to good teams. Yeah. Uh, go, go look at go look at Ohio State, right? Ohio State's two losses, they give up 40 points, right? Like, are are are? I know Ohio State Ohio State fans want Ryan Day fired, so maybe yeah. it's just a rhetorical. <laughs> Everyone question. Everyone hates their defensive coordinator. But like you know, at this point, in this point in, uh, in college football, if you lose, the the odds are that you're giving up forty points in a yeah, loss. but you're doing like, that, that just is the case. Doing that the, to the Michigan problem, and Georgia is different than doing that to Tulane. To Tulane, yes. UCLA by the metrics is the top five offense in the country. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Like to me, it's less about those losses. It's about the consistency of week in and week out. Just like we talked about before. It's less about the eye test. I mean, less about the record is about the eye test. It's about where, which the, the, the general story, like the, the, the full story matters to me than the individual thing. Which by the way, if you watch college football, certainly during bowl season, 
you come away realizing that no one can tackle and everyone right. sucks. Yeah. yeah. Like if you watch TCU in Michigan and Ohio State in Georgia, you saw a lot of missed tackles. You saw yeah. a lot of miscues on defense. Yeah. So that's not necessary. I mean, it's an issue. I'm not saying right. it's not an issue. Yeah. And I'm saying giving up 40 points in a game is not a problem. It's it's giving that up you 40 gave points up- several times. And the way that you did it. Well, like, like I, who, I I saw a tweet somewhere. I don't remember who sent it, but it, who uh, USC gave up uh, the gave teams wins where they led for all of seven seconds or something like that. Yeah, two, like Tulane didn't lead until the last until the last minute, the and Utah didn't didn't until the last. And that is the the biggest I think criticism you can have of this defense is mm-hmm. when you that and that's the difference between a defense that is opportunistic and takes care of business. Yes, USC's defense in the first half of the season was opportunistic. Right, they didn't take care of business this year. That's what they needed. They needed to step up in the moment. It doesn't matter if you gave up four touchdowns earlier in the game. Can you get the stop at the end? And they get Tulane into fourth and ten, and what happens? Yeah, they give up an easy pass. Yeah, you know they they twenty nine point three yards per completion is insane. Yeah, when you only have eight completions, right? Like you know, th- this is not an all world quarterback that you're facing. Right. So I, I I I thought Pratt did not look good at all in this game. He I thought he uh, ran effectively. Yes, but I was expecting, um, like. Tulane's efficiency on offense um, is is weird because you look at you know his passer rating is two two hundred one point five, but that's all just because of the the huge huge plays. He was eight of seventeen, Pratt was, but there were some drops in there. Um, I don't think he found the consistent success that say Drew Pine found, Um, and yet these are completely different games, and that's part of because against Notre Dame, SC forced. Notre Dame to be one-dimensional and go to the pass. In this game, Tulane was one-dimensional in that they were a running team and completely gashed SC, averaging nine yards a carry on the ground. Oh, and then just put in a bunch of uh, 50 and 60-yard passes just like randomly thrown in there. And you you can't give up those. You can't give up 10 yards a play. No, you can't give up chunk plays. Um, to a a one-dimensional team, and in a, in a game like this, that one a team that becomes one-dimensional, uh, and especially one that becomes one-dimensional because by choice, because they're gashing you with the one dimension that they want to use against you, right? Yeah. Which which is what happened in this game for Tulane is that they knew that they could run all over SC with Tajay Spear, so they were just going to keep doing that, and he runs for two oh five, which is. Insane. It's a lot of yards. SC should not be giving up, you know, 100 yards rushers, especially 200 yard rushers. With 12 yards a carry for him. Right. Yeah. And uh, a longest of 62. At, at one point, he had a buck 52, and uh, 110 of it was on two carries. So, yeah, yeah it's, you know, the, SC, this is a, um, a defensive loss of, you know, epic proportions. And you, you talk about the, the, the key moments there. And, yeah, SC leads this game not only the entire way. Uh, Tulane doesn't lead until the last eight seconds. But even on top of that, SC was killing clock in the fourth quarter, as they should have been uh, going down the field because they had this game up by by two scores. Seemingly everything was in hand. Uh, they gave up a touchdown drive to, to make it a one-score game. And then 
the uh, the Max Williams play. Uh, let's talk about the kickoff um, that leads to the safety. This has been a, a talking point all season. Uh, USC's lack of a special teams coordinator. Um, and SC has, you know, struggled fielding kickoffs uh, for a long time. They did not fair catch them. And then they started fair catching them. And then they, uh, Max Williams tried to fair catch a ball that he probably should have just let go. I, I don't know. I, Fine. I mean, it's easy to hire, say that in hindsight. Hire a special teams coordinator. At this point, it's not my money. I don't. I don't care. But like this sure. whole, you need a special team. No, you just need somebody to tell these guys not to be idiots. Like it's not. USC had a special teams coordinator for a decade, and everyone hated him. And special teams sucked. And all we spent every episode was talking about how terrible the special teams was. Like, I, I don't think that's the fix. I think the fix is literally just players not being boneheads. But also. Watch college football across the country. Right. Special teams are bonehead plays all over the place, left and right, everywhere, this way and that way. Yeah. If you had but- a if you had a defense that wasn't giving up 46 points in a game, then it wouldn't be to, as big of an issue. To, it to, to go back to the defensive thing, like yes, every team gives up 40 points in a loss, but it's the the wealth of of those plays that get you there and it's the full picture for SC on special teams just isn't good. It's just, it's not that this moment happened. It's that this moment happened time and time and time and time again for SC. And then it happened in a moment where they certainly could not afford for this to happen. Right? Like it's just the, it's all of it. It's all of it. Yeah. I, yeah, that's it. it and and then SC gets the ball at the the one yard line and has to get out of it, and um, I, I saw I somewhere I think it was in the, in the chat here on YouTube I saw uh, I, I didn't know who who said it but someone said that uh, running the plays up the middle uh, well I was Lincoln Riley, Riley calling the plays running up the middle um, at the goal line I I I think those are. Compl- the play if, calling there is always going to be confirmation bias. Yeah. Um, if there, if he's, if Caleb Williams is rolling out um, and the packet, the pocket collapses and he takes a sack, um, then why wasn't, why didn't they just run it up the middle? Yeah. And yeah. so I don't know the, to me, when you have field position there, you have to win your, your, your blocks up front. If you don't win your blocks up front, it doesn't matter what the play call is. You're, you're sort of doomed. Yeah. And SC was not winning the the battle on the line of scrimmage there, and didn't matter what the play calls were. Um, yeah, it, the, it wasn't going to work out. It's unfortunate too because the offensive line really did do a, an outstanding job for most of that game. Yeah, and in that moment, they just they didn't get the job done, and Tulane got the better of them. Um, right. I think you can make the argument to keep the ball in Caleb's hands. I think you can get mad if Caleb throws the ball and that stops the clock. And then people are like, well, you're not running out the clock and you have to punt from the inside of your own end zone. And then stuff happens there. I think you're in a no win situation there. Um, Which is why I keep coming back to your. I think the offense is mostly blameless. The offense put up 45 points with Caleb Williams at 80% on his hamstring. Yes. This was not the USC's offense is not 
like USC's offense is better than what we saw in this game. There's only three things that you can complain about this offense for. And it is the Caleb Williams interception. It Which is, was a bad interception. It was it was just it, a bad decision. Settling for field goal attempts yes. twice. One of them that was missed. Yeah. So if you and from fifty two yards. So like I, I can't even get mad at Dennis Lynch for that one. Like right. it's a fifty two yard kick. College kickers usually don't make those kicks. It's fine. Yeah, and you should have won the game despite that, anyways. Yeah. Um and then the the safety. But like all these things. I, I don't know. Like I, also I, I think those three points. blunders are more than made up for with everything else that SC did on offense. Yeah. Um, they just need the defense to come through uh, one time, and uh, and they and they it. and they didn't, and that and that's really what it comes down to. Um, so that's the big question that that we have going into into the off season is what do you do about it? And I think that there's a, a train of thought that if you're Lincoln Riley, you can go in and say, or certainly. Um, uh, Alex Grinch can go into Lincoln Riley's offense uh, office and say, "Hey, look, we just got Keon Bars, we just got Mason Cobb, we just got these guys who are uh, Christian Roland Wallace. Like, we we are we're bringing in Tackett Curtis and these guys recruiting and stuff. Like, we're 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 gonna be better next year. I we you know I promise we'll do everything we can to be better next year. Blah blah blah." blah. Um, or if you're Lincoln Riley, you can understand that Alex Grinch has been your offensive coordinator for how many, like this is, this is where I'm frustrated is like one of the things that we said going in with Alex Grinch as the, as the coordinator was that USC's defense was so bad this past year that like we would take the level of bad that Alex Grinch was at Oklahoma um, because it would be an improvement. Like it would be to 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 average twenty five points a game uh, given up would be a vast improvement. Um, you just sort of looking at the 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 score bugs and stuff like this. They gave up forty points once all of last season. They gave up thirty points uh, one two three four times. Sorry, five times. So whatever. Like you would have taken those numbers. The problem is that like those numbers are part of the reason why Oklahoma didn't get over the hump with Lincoln Riley, despite his Heisman winners, despite his electric. Yeah. Well, uh, that's what Sooner Boy 69 told us. Well, and, and, and somebody, I, I, I pinned a message in here. David Garcia says, I hate that this has given the idiot Oklahoma fans validation about Grinch. I'm with you. I'm right there because I went into this episode thinking like, I'm going to have to sit here and say, you know what? Oklahoma fans, they were wrong about a lot and they're bitter and, and stupid, but uh, they were right about like, the Alex Grinch experience is very frustrating. Um, this is this is the question that I have for Lincoln Riley. He has been living the Alex Grinch experience for this is now the fourth year. Mm-hmm. So, is Lincoln Riley going to be ruthless enough of a head coach to recognize that this train is not going to take him to the promised land? Um, we do have some post-game quotes from Lincoln Riley now. Uh, Chris Trevino tweets, Riley asked about the confidence in D.C. Alex Grinch. He said they just played the game 15 minutes ago. Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. 
There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Rain of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Price Picks app with the code Rain of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy. He's not going to go into big picture stuff at the moment. Quote, we will take a deep dive of it. I I, I read that and I, I think that's, a, that, that's not a bad thing. That's a... Um, he he very easily could have said that you know he has the utmost confidence blah yeah. blah and, and all that and mind you these are just words so yeah. like but yeah they don't mean anything it, it could have been the the vote of confidence thing or whatever the fact that there wasn't a vote of confidence does say something because if you're Lincoln Riley and you have to look Caleb Williams in the in the in the eyes after that performance and you have to understand that he wanted that game bad and you didn't put his team in a position to get it and there's the videos of Caleb Williams sitting on the sideline um, on the bench during that final drive for Tulane, like just looking the way that all of us at home felt like there's, there's no way they're getting the stop here. Like they're, they're not getting the stop. Mm -hmm. And once you've lost that confidence, like I don't know how you can go back in and say that, uh, that this is, this is the way to go. Do I think that USC is going to make a change? No, I still don't. I, the 99% of the time you don't make a change after one year of a coordinator, but they like, it feels like they should, it feels like you can't come back from this. And that's sort of where I'm at. I, I, I can't come back from this on, on Grinch. I, I'm always of the thought that if you're going to get fired in year one has to be a, something has to be egregious. Uh, you have to be related to Paul Hackett and turn Russell Wilson into a pumpkin and get fired for it. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it has to be truly bad. I don't think, despite all of the cr criticism for Alex Grinch and rightfully so, I don't think it has gotten to that point until eight seconds left in the game against Tulane. I, you know okay. what I mean? Hold, like, on, hold on. Can I, can I read you? Yeah. October 15th, 42 points. No, I hear you. October yeah. 29th, 37 yes. points. November 5th against Cal. Cal, 35 points. Yeah, no, I... Colorado, you, yeah, yes. 17 points. I, I got you. November 19th, UCLA, 45 points. November 26th, Notre Dame, 27 points, making mm -hmm. Drew Pine, Drew Pine, look like a good quarterback. Right, Utah, November, uh, December second, forty-seven points. Yes, and th those are January second. To tell Tulane, him that you 40, know, year two is, is put up or shut up. I I think that to to my point, it has to be, it has to be like otherworldly bad to fire someone in year one. And for me, the 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 way this game ended solidifies that. Like like that that it is like it's it's now like you know you absolutely can do it. You know what I mean? Like we're, 
it, it doesn't matter how we got here. We got here. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I just, there's, there's, like a scale, I said, there, there's a scale to this. Yeah. Like it just because that, just because it took me to get to the eight seconds, to the, the end of the game to say that, yes, you, you fire Alex Grinch isn't support of, of everything that happened. Like there's there, I know that, you know, fire and not fire is a binary choice, but like, but that's not how you get to that decision. You know what I mean? You, you feel, you feel what I'm saying here? Yes. Yeah. No, that I, I, I get you. I, I get you. And like I said, I don't think that Lincoln Riley will pull that trigger. Um, my hope would be in the background that you uh, contact Jim Leonard from Wisconsin. And if he's formerly from, formerly from Wisconsin, and if he's willing, you literally throw whatever salary he wants to come. And if he doesn't bite, then maybe you just, you just give Grinch another chance. But like, I think you sh- like USC should in the background, find somebody who they identify as the best possible addition and see if they are willing to come. But I think it's 95% more likely that Alex Grinch will be USC's defensive coordinator in 2023 or for the 2023 season. So you have to live with that. And the plus side is that you are, you do have guys coming, coming in from the portal. You do have guys coming in from the recruiting uh, staff and maybe that's the, the, the difference where my faith in the DC has gone away is that you can sort of hand him a few better players, but if you're not capable of scheming up to stop Tulane from scoring 46 points, then how are you going to be capable of scheming up something to keep Ryan day from beating you in a title game or you know, Alabama or like, cause that's the level that USC should be looking at at least in 2023, which is why I think the timing on this is so frustrating because if it felt like USC, if the window felt like it was going to be open in 2024, then I would just feel differently about this. Cause 2023 wouldn't be looming the way that it, that it feels like it's looming, but to me it's looming. And the, well, we hope isn't, very encouraging going into that season, given what USC potentially has in Caleb Williams. Yeah. Uh, Warren in the chat says, why isn't anyone putting uh, blame on Mario for uh, not getting the catch? Um, I, I think absolutely is, is the, the trigger point. It's dumb. Um, I, I, I think that's the trigger point for sure for SC to get into this whole mess. Um, but like, you still have you still have to make the stop as well. Like like both of those things can be, but both those things are the problem. I, well, I guess the, my my thing is, uh, not catching the ball one time, um, is yes is is a problem for for Mario Williams, um, but like the special teams problems go more beyond that. And defensively, the defensive problems go beyond the last drive, but like the last drive is just the epitome of exactly everything that was wrong with SC on defense. And it's not just about the last drive either. It's that 
SC gotten the point where they gave up the drive before that to make it a one score game to where the safety ended up mattering. Right. Well, and yeah, that's the thing is, is that uh, they gave up that touchdown drive with four minutes left in the, in, in the game. Yeah. And that was the, the kickoff that he blunders and it was an absolute blunder and it's a huge mistake and it's unacceptable. And he is getting raked over the coals for it. Like, I don't right. think Mario is getting it. And so, yes, no. people in the chat corrected us. At one point, one of us said it was Max. It was not Max Williams. They both wear number four. It's difficult. Um, but when, yeah. when you're on live, by the way, yeah, it's, it's really it's really difficult. It's to tough. Get, uh, this is a team that has two M.A. Williamses yes. wearing number four. At one point, they had a Nico Fala and a Fala Nico. Yeah, it's, it's like... <laughs> There, there was there was a class in which they had a Jalen and a Jaden Watson. Sign. Yes. Um, it, Struggle yes. bus. But either way, like, yes, those individuals are getting are going to get raked over the coals and rightfully so. But like there's a there's a level at which it has the buck has to, to stop higher up than, you know, Mario Williams making a blunder then. You know, Justin Dietrich not making his block on that uh, on on the safety or 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 anything like that. Like yeah. it has to come from from the full picture, and the full picture of the game, realistically, is that USC did enough to win. Based oh, sure. on yeah. USC's offense, did enough to win the game. Mm-hmm. USC's special teams, personally, I don't think did enough to lose the game. Because special teams that lose the game are the ones that have punts blocked and give up touchdowns. If you if you on special teams give up a touchdown, uh, then we're we're talking sort of different things. So the blunder of the special teams cost they, they USC two points. They did enough to lose a, a tight game. Yeah, the blunder, the, the special teams to, blunder to get the loss completely in their own. The, way. the special teams blunder cost USC two points. So okay, yes, that's that's bad. It's it's certainly in a in a game you lost by one, that's bad. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, that's the other thing too. I didn't even think about that. Uh, I didn't even think about the point aspect to, to it. Because um, my thought was, okay, let's just say that SC. Um, well, if if let, let's say they start at the twenty five uh, on that drive and, and they just go three and out. Mm-hmm. So, same thing where they go three and out and it's not a safety. Um. Tulane has the ball and comes down. It's 45, 37. They they're have down to by go eight. For two point conversion to tie it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They're down by eight. And um, I mean, even if, even if USC is at the goal line and they get stuffed at the goal line and have to punt from out of their own end zone and have to punt and give Tulane the ball back at the 40 yard line uh, on their own side of the field. Yeah. Um, the, uh, Tulane still had to go down and get the two-point conversion, which yeah. they probably still could have done if they didn't overthink like their first two-point conversion. So, like, you know, th- this kind of stuff happens. It, it, it's it's part of the issue. I still go back to you. You you gave up forty-six points. I I don't. There's not much more to say beyond that. Yeah. Um. Well, there are mistakes. There are always mistakes. Every team makes mistakes. It's part of it's part of playing football. The broader picture has to be what you ultimately look at. And the broader picture for USC in 2023, unfortunately, ends with a really, really outstanding quarterback, a really, really outstanding offense, and uh, inefficient defense on the other side. Yeah. 
Uh, absolutely. Also, I wanted to mention for the record, like if you want to talk about like blaming the offense or, or having like Lincoln Riley take blame for the play calling or anything like that, like we spent some significant portions of this season also talking about how could the offense help the defense? How could they help uh, with, uh, with, with time of possession and with methodical drives and with all of those kinds of things? They literally did that in this game. USC had twice as much time of possession as Tulane. 39 minutes and 40, 49 seconds to Tulane's 20 minutes and 11 seconds of possession. So if you're looking at game plans that were going to benefit the defense, the defense got a lot of rest in this game. So, okay, well, but And it didn't make a difference. Yes, but also why did they get so much rest? Because USC was methodical. What's the other side of that? I don't know what you're getting at. The other side of that is that Tulane had five, uh, sorry, uh, let's see, uh, seven rush plays of 10 yards or more and five of 15 or more. They had gains of 87, 59, 40, 47, 62. Yes, but that's that's the problem is USC's offense was doing the thing that ever like during a a segment of the season, we spent a lot of time talking about how USC... but but th- but that's the, the oh, I'm not defending the defense no, on I, that front. I, I know, like yes, I, I, they I, I gave know, up know, explosive plays. That's the issue. Yes, but but, but like, USC's I, if if you take those if you for for instance if you force Tulane to score uh the the touch let's let's say you take the first um how many drives did Tulane have one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve drives. If you give them the touchdowns that they have in the first three quarters of the game and just force any of their drives in the in 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 the fourth quarter to be a minute or two longer, they are out of time. They don't have time to win the game. Yeah. Because USC took so much time off the clock. Because USC did exactly what people were asking. Yeah, but the, the entire game changed at that point. Yeah, I, I don't think that- you're 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 arguing sort of the. Do you get the point of what I'm saying though? I get the the, the point. If they had forced Tulane to take five minutes to score at any point in this game, Tulane doesn't have time at the end of the game to win the game. You, I took your point as you saying that the we had talked about after the Utah game, well, if SC was just methodical, if SC, the defense would be rested and they could make stops. Keep, yes, keep your and defense off the field. And this proves that that is That bunk. didn't help because no. the defense was off the yes. field. But when, uh, you, when you point out the, the time of possession, the 39 minutes for SC, really it's 40 minutes to 20 minutes, um, that's not just because of the offense. That's A big part of that is because the defense was getting gashed. Um, but the offense was getting the ball back, and well, they had nine uh, a drive of uh, first drive was ten was nine minutes and two seconds. Yes, but both sides second of the drive ball was five that. minutes. Yeah, but the, but those that there's not a there's not a zero sum on that. I'm not saying it, it is. doesn't matter how long it took Tulane to score on the other side when USC's right. first two drives take 15 minutes off the clock. No, I I I get that. I'm I'm just saying like you you that that isn't all a credit to the offense because the offense took 15 minutes off the clock. Yeah. 15. I, I, that's I all I'm that. saying. The, the defense was not on the field for the first eight, uh, They were on the field for 15 minutes of the yeah, first 18 it minutes clearly of the didn't game. Matter was which the yards anyway. Which is what I'm saying, which is literally what you're arguing. I don't know what you don't, what you're not getting about it. If the defense hadn't given up as many explosive plays, Tulane would have had to take more time off the clock. Then USC's clock 
killing uh, uh, but if methodicalness. You change the time, the entire game changes. So okay, none of, okay, it even matter. that's fine. I'd, uh, we're not arguing the same thing. I'm not going to try and convince you to understand what I'm arguing anymore. That's that's fine. Anyways, um, let's take a quick break and and uh, a quick break to talk about uh, open up the mailbag or the the question the chat bag whatever you got a question fire it away in the uh, in the chat throw in question before it, it helps us uh, catch those outs uh, and then um, we'll just talk some big picture stuff here and uh, and wrap this thing up first of all big picture going into next year very quick three words which I know you're not gonna be able I'm to bad do. at that so I know yeah. 10 second, 10 second response, rapid fire. Do you feel better or worse about next year right now? Worse. Well, I don't know. Mm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> better because Caleb Williams is that damn good. Okay. Caleb Williams is so damn good that he's going to carry USC to a 10 win season. No matter what happens with anybody else on the team or the coaching staff, he's carrying USC to a 10, a 10 win season and I feel very, very strongly about USC's receiving core that's coming back. Brendan Rice having a, a, an outstanding, ridiculous game. Um, that's the Brendan Rice that you want to see. Uh, bringing back Mario Williams, who in the end had six catches for 35 yards. A few of those catches were very um, important. They were third down conversions. And he had a couple catch, almost catches that were that that were just just a little bit off and that were almost there. Taj Washington comes away with 109 yards. Great from him. Um, Michael Jackson had a, a really strong outing with just four catches for 31 yards, but those tunnel screens to him are, are really, really exciting. Terrell Bynum's uh, involved. Kyron Hudson's involved. Relique Brown looked like that's the blueprint for USC at, at running back going forward. Like There's so much on this offense to get so, so excited about. They're going to, to – um, even the offensive line, for instance – USC managed to, in a game where they didn't have Andrew Voorhees and they didn't have Brett Nealon, that offensive line, for the most part, is coming back. Yeah. So, so like, that is extremely encouraging for me um, on this offense because now I feel, if if we're just going to block this out, and this is not a 10-second answer, (laughs) we're going to block this out offense and defense, right? So on offense, how am I feeling going into next year? I am pumped because Josh Henson does such a good job with with what's given to him that that five on the offensive line, while I don't think they're going, I don't think that five includes like all Americans unless Justin Dietrich takes a step forward um, as a center if he chooses to come back. But like you can work with the five that USC had there. You lose Bobby Haskins, but you just added a big uh, uh, tackle from Florida. So plug and play. The five that USC has on offensive line, I'm feeling good. I, I'm not going to worry about USC's offensive line going into next year. Yeah. So well, I, I'm talking about front, it that schematically, I think SC has really yeah. that Lincoln Riley scheme um, and his blocking schemes and everything just benefits them. It benefits them and puts them in a position to succeed. Um, it's difficult to to make that up when you have a guy go down in the middle of the week, like with Andrew Voorhees ahead of the Pac-12 championship game. Mm-hmm. But whole off season, I think different. when you when you have a, a month um, for these guys to move around and gel. Uh, they play much better. Was the yes. offensive line amazing in this game? No. Uh, you know, the the holes in the running game were not there like they were all season. Um, and they certainly missed Voorhees and Elon. 
but they were more than good enough for SC to win this game. And, and that was something that you could not say uh, at the beginning of December against Utah in the Pac-12 championship game, which was the problem for why SC couldn't overcome Caleb Williams injury well, okay. uh, in that game. The other thing too is the offensive line gave, as so, as GS uh, in the chat says, the O-line gave uh, Caleb Williams plenty of time to throw tonight. Yes, and that's a Caleb Williams who couldn't use his full force of mobility to escape from pressure and create more time for himself. So the offensive line, I think you're feeling very good about it. I think you're feeling extremely good about the defense, about the offense in general. Cut, move on to defense. Way worse, way worse. Because to me, I'm less certain that the additions that USC is getting through the transfer portal will be the difference between USC having a defense that lives up to what the offense is, is putting on the table for them. And, um, versus just a defense that continues to be vulnerable in the most important moments of the game. That to me was the indictment on Alex Grinch in this game. It wasn't necessarily like, I think you can make an argument that the, there were personnel issues 100% that played into this because there were missed tackles by veteran players. There were guys who just were just flat out in position to make a play and didn't. And that's always going to impact the performance of your defense. And if you change out those players for better players, then those plays can rack up and and you can start to um, improve on defense. So like there is that way of thinking, but in the critical moments we've seen from Alex Grinch, he has not had an answer to the other team. Mm -hmm. That's my issue. So I go Which in was, less confident about. It was so fascinating because earlier on in the season, uh, one the the big talking point was the halftime adjustments. Yes, you know, he had gotten better as as the game had gone on, especially defensively. Uh, looking back at the ASU game is prime example of that. Um, and ASU, uh, Rice, um, Fresno State uh, games in which SC just continually Oregon State got better as the game went on defensively. But that clearly did not continue because uh, in SC's losses, they got worse as the game went on defensively. Yeah. Um, and, you know, throughout uh, several games, they got they got worse as the game went on as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think de- defensively, I like I talked about before, I think that, you know, in outside of the of the final score and SC losing this game, I think you have to feel like this was a game in which as a team, I think this couldn't like this went fairly decently in the sense of all the answers that were about the, that were there about the offense, about whether or not they would rebound in this game. First of all, whether or not SC would be interested in this game at all. I have questions about that. I never trust the USC team going into a bowl game that they weren't wanting to be in. I mean, in the, the PAC 12, runner-up yes the pack there was the pack 12 runner-up curse there was which continues to be true oh and 11 they are now uh um but sc historically in games that they were not bowl games that they were not hoping to be in and that's not it sucks to say that about the cotton bowl because the cotton bowl is a major bowl and this is no discredit to tulane this is about sc looking at the playoff and then suddenly not being in it because they lost at the, at the end of the pack 12 championship game um so, you know, they end up in a bowl game that they were hoping not to be in. Historically, SC has not cared about those. I've seen many a Sun Bowl, many a Vegas Bowl, many a, a Freedom Bowl uh, to know exactly how that goes down. 
many a, a holiday bowl. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we've seen how SC reacts to those. They did not have that problem in this game. They showed up. Caleb Williams, like you talked about before, absolutely could have taken this whole month off. Uh, and I don't think anyone, you know, could have, could have given him any trouble for it. He got hurts, and it probably would have been the, the the right move to maybe rest his his uh, his hamstring another month. But no, he played. Um, SC only had one opt out, and it was it was Jordan Addison. And you can even say that wasn't an opt out because he was still rehabbing an, an injury that he had been playing through. So Tuli played. Uh, Makai Blackman could have opted out if he wanted to. He played. You know what I mean? Like. SC gave a damn and they showed and they answered the bell. They, they did not no show this game like the 2012 sun bowl. And I think SC gets a lot, deserves a lot of credit for that. Lincoln Riley deserves a lot of credit for that. Given SC's history that said defensively, everything was terrible. Like we talked about. And, uh, and I, like I said early on in the, in the show, the optimistic view is that this is now puts, um, everything to a critical point to where they have to make changes on defense and Lincoln Riley now does not have the ability to look back at a good bowl performance and say, you know what, that was something to build upon and uh, solidify that his, his faith in, in Grinch and all that stuff. No, that does not exist. He doesn't get that luxury. And I think that's a good thing going forward um, because even if Grinch doesn't get fired, I think that that at least puts the onus on those those conversations to be difficult and force changes. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, let's see, let's get to the let's get to the questions here in the chat. We got a bunch of them. Uh, start filing through these. West Texas Mike, did you like the field goal to go up fifteen rather than go for? Um, what was the context of that? Um, I'm trying to pull up the place right now. Yeah. The, um, so that was after the fumble, right? It was in the fourth quarter? Yes. It was in yeah. the fourth quarter. Um, it was a third and nine from the Tulane 31. Uh, third and nine in that context. I think it was the right play to – so here's the thing. If you're Lincoln Riley, can you really anticipate Mario Williams dropping with, with, a fair catch at the two-yard line? Yeah, with four four and a half minutes to go in the game? Yeah. Like you the, go up two touchdowns with, a, with the, with the two-point conversion. I think that's the right call. Yeah. Um. Did it backfire a little bit? Sure, but again, how are you supposed to anticipate Mario Williams making a boneheaded play and then your offense giving up a safety and then the the way the game ended, I uh, yeah, I I'm not going to be too harsh on at 3rd and 9. Uh, that's yeah. 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 I don't uh, think that's the one. D Moore 912 says that Grinch needs to resign, not be fired. Um, I, I think we we talked about this years ago when people would say this about Clay Helton that he needs to resign and be embarrassed and all that stuff. Um, we all, I, I shouldn't say we all because not everyone has the luxury. But if you have a job right now, would you resign out of shame? No, you wouldn't. Why should we expect anyone else to resign out of shame out of their job? Like, yeah. no, if you have a job, you are not going to resign. You're going to make them pay you to go away. Yeah. You would, you would be dumb otherwise. You know what I mean? Like, no, that I, I understand the sen- the, the sentiment, but that's, that's not how it works. Oh, uh, for the records, it was a third and nine USC completed a pass. So it was fourth and four. So it probably yeah. was more reasonable yeah, you're right. to try to attempt it, but I'm still going up 15. 
I I think that's a, a fair. Yeah, if if yeah. Uh, if they don't get that fourth and four, um, and Tulane comes down and scores, people are roasting uh, Link, uh, Lincoln Riley for, for going for, for going yeah. for it there. It's yeah. it's the whole confirmation bias thing of uh, or um, uh, outcome bias. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Torin says uh, Alicia Michael, is there any way to get a transcript of the comments? As painful as the game was, these comments are absolutely gold. <laughs> Uh, you just gotta like rewatch it and scroll it through. So yeah. we have it set up to where the the live chats um, will replay with the content. So if you go back and rewatch all the con- all the chat will act as if it is live. But I don't think there's a way to just print out a thing. Yeah, I I, I, I don't think. But yeah. No. Uh, Warren says why uh, we already talked about that one. Sorry, uh, David says. So when are we just going to call the AT&T Stadium a curse? Um, right now. I think, I think that's valid. Yes. It, it, felt like, it felt like a curse before. Now it's definitely a yeah. curse. SC has not won in a domed stadium since uh, 1995. And all three of those losses at AT&T were painful in their own right. Yes, absolutely. Like three different kinds of painful, but all painful. Aren't you glad we didn't make the trip? Thank God. Whew. Uh, AJ says, how do you expect USC to beat Oregon, Washington, and Utah next year? Um, by outscoring them. <laughs> there you go. First of all, they get two of the three at home. Yeah. I think will we'll, we'll be helpful. Um, secondly, as good as those teams are going to be offensively, um, certainly Oregon and Washington, I don't know where Utah is going to be in terms of who they got coming back at it. Is Cam Rising coming back again? I, I think we still don't I know, assume, and I but... still don't. I'm sort of assuming he is because I don't see talk about him yeah. with the draft. Yeah. So, as good as Oregon Washington will be in on in, on offense, they should be top ten, top five offenses in the country. Yeah. SC should be there right there with them. So yeah. Um, you just have to you have to be somewhere close defensively, right? Um, Alex says, why wasn't uh, Caleb under center when they pin? Uh, there at the goal line, it takes much more line uh, time to at the line of scrimmage to get to the ball to the running back. Totally a bad call. Um, this is a nationwide debate about uh, yes. short play calls from under from uh, from shotgun. That uh, I don't think we have time to to litigate I, here. It's just because that's the way that the offense runs. I do not care about this. I, that's not, I, that's I know not my hill to die on. It's yeah. a lot of people's thing about going under center. Um, you go under center and your your back is back there. Uh, I mean, a lot of times, like if you're in I formation, your running back would be further back than they would be in shotgun. So you know, like I don't know if your if your blockers didn't win their block and got pushed off the ball immediately on the snap, then it didn't matter where your quarterback lined up, did it? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I, I think that, again, this goes back to outcome bias. Uh, Alex says, um, where will USC rank in the Pac-12 by the end of the year? Of 
is in position to absolutely be the cream of the crop in the Pac-12 next year. If you didn't know how good the Pac-12 was. Yeah. The Pac-12 is so deep that SC could be, like legitimately, could take several steps forward as a team and still not win the conference because you have to imagine Oregon's going to be even better. You have to imagine Washington's going to be even better. The issue, the, there, there's no reason to assume that Utah won't be as good as they are. The only thing about Utah is that you get them at the Coliseum this time, but like, yes. but those are still the, the schedule is very difficult. Oregon's like, we all sort of expect Oregon state to take another big step forward, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the only team that I think is taking a step backwards is UCLA. Everyone else in the conference, I expect to be better next season. Yeah. That's, well, and that's that's, that's also yeah. hard to predict, so you just don't know. Yeah, What USC can control is that they have an offense that's coming back that's going to be among the best in the country, right. and they have a defense that is not up to the up to par, and that yeah. is the issue that needs to get addressed. Yeah, and, and my thing is that, you know, too, the, the Pac-12 sort of got fortunate this year to be in a situation where the way the schedule played out, like SC and Washington didn't play, uh, Washington avoided Utah and SC, um, so it got in this thing to where it was allowed to where nearly half the conference got 10 wins. Next year, I think the teams could be better, but the records might not be. So we'll we'll see. Uh, Corey says, Alicia, when will you hold Grinch accountable? Someone didn't listen to the first hour of this podcast is what I learned. No. Yeah. Uh, also, but I do want to laugh because I got like slammed in the comments in our last two shows, in our last two uh, or post game episodes about like criticizing the defense, which is funny because like apparently I don't hold Grinch accountable, but also I get slammed for saying that the defense is bad, which by the way, the evidence is before us. So I don't know. Can't win. Yeah, you, you can never win. SJ says, uh, would you be feeling much better if SC somehow squeaked out a win? I think I would be almost as frustrated after the defense, defense's overall performance. No, that would have been, like like Michael said, like that would have been the best case scenario is winning the game because Caleb Williams deserved it. Yeah. And Brendan Rice deserved it and 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 all that and getting to end on, on, on a win, which you always want to end on a win, while also getting mm-hmm. to say the defense is not good enough, make a change. Um so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Christopher says, what do you think of Relique Brown today? He, where do you project his role to evolve next season? I'm going to go f- straight out and say that I, I think he's running back number one. I think the, like, this is the minimum blueprint for Relique Brown. Like, I think we're going to see his involvement in the offense in this game mirrored at least, if not more. I want to see him be SC's Marshall Falk. Or I guess that's Reggie Light, right? Um, someone who's going to get 15 carries a game and five five catches and uh, maybe 25 touches. You include special teams, like just be involved everywhere. That's that's what I want to see. Yeah. Uh, Mark says, "Well, I don't know. I wouldn't have him returning kicks next year, personally." But in in a perfect world, not sure. Yeah. Uh, Mark says, will Mike Bone tell Lincoln Riley if Grinch doesn't have the defense playing the level that they need or expects him expects them to be that to say that he needs to be replaced? Um, I don't know. I, I 
I, first of all, I think that when you go out and get Lincoln Riley, you are getting Lincoln Riley to make those decisions. Yeah. You are not as an AD or as, as a department as a whole, you do not go out to get Lincoln Riley to tell him what to do after year one. You get Lincoln Riley to, because you trust him to be able to make that decision after year one. Mike Bone goes to Lincoln Riley and says, you have a blank check to find the defensive coordinator that will win you a national title. That's what Mike Bone's responsibility is to do. Yeah. Or, yeah, or at least, yeah, convey to Lincoln Riley that the blank that check he is has there a blank when, check. If, yeah. if necessary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ross, is any thoughts on why Davis hasn't played this year? I think this is Rayshon Davis. I mean, all season we said the linebacker play is so bad. Why isn't this kid getting a chance? And all season, I, people in the background were sort of saying, like, he doesn't know the playbook or they just don't trust him or all that. And we had to assume that it was just that they don't trust him, that they didn't trust him. Finally saw him. And as far as I'm concerned, was he the savior of the defense? No, but he was certainly not worse than the linebackers that USC had uh, had had playing for them all year, and he made some plays. So why didn't Rajon Davis get a chance? Because they didn't trust him. Should they have trusted him? To me, on evidence of this game, they should have trusted him instead of continuing to put out players that straight up were not good enough to be on the field playing for USC. Yeah, for, for sure. Uh, SJ says, do you think Bone has the power of will to force change Sunday? We just basically... Talked about that. Poncho Cam says, "How much do you pay Jim Leonard?" Uh, blank check. Blank check. Yeah. Yeah. What's the what's the highest paid defensive coordinator in college football? That much. It's probably like two and a half million or something. It's probably yeah. somebody making that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. But the um, the other thing too is uh, you you give them uh, the uh, reference isn't hit my head. Blank check will be fine. Uh, <laughs> Last question, Demore nine twelve. Who can we pick up from uh, on defense from the portal? Already picked up quite a few guys. There continue to be quite a few guys out there. That's what most yeah. of our shows for the foreseeable future are going to be sort of looking at. So stay yeah. tuned. Which uh, perfect segue to talk about the future of the podcast. This is it. It's over, guys. Um, <laughs> we're done. Last podcast we're ever doing. Thank you and uh, goodbye. See ya. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> We will be back as always um, every Monday night uh, here during the off season. I, I, we're going to come up with our offense or our off season plan uh, as we go forward, but we will be back for sure next Monday. Uh, that is, we're not going to have a um, fallout episode for the cotton bowl uh, because we've got some uh, personal stuff to deal to later, later this week. So we will be back next week, Monday, and then um, tell you all of our off-season plans then. So, so yeah, so for, ready for just that. so you, so you all know, Monday, 5 Pacific, that's yes. going to be our off-season schedule. Yeah. Uh, we will sort of keep that up. And if anything changes as far as adding additional episodes or doing other things, we'll let you know. But Monday at 5 o'clock, short of uh, other um, random things Pacific. that come up, right 5 p.m. Pacific, yes. Live on, on YouTube. And then... Um, yeah, uh, after that, uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you'll probably have it up by Tuesday morning. So uh, first thing in the morning, hopefully. So uh, that's all we need to tell you. Um, thank you guys, as always, uh, for joining us here on the CarCast. It's been awesome uh, doing this this year. Has really, we've talked about before, really revived the pod, doing it live and, and hanging out with you guys after games. 
even if SC wins or loses, uh, these have been a blast to put together. We appreciate you guys for joining us. As always, be sure to like and subscribe, like the, the stream, subscribe to the channel so you can join us every time going forward. Uh, if you're listening to, an Apple, listening to us on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a review. Five stars helps us grow the show so much there as well. So uh, until then, we will see you. Happy New Year. We'll be back next Monday. Um, and yeah, so long and farewell. See ya. See ya.